Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for tuning back into another segment. With me today is Dr. William Attaway, but he also gave me permission to call him just William. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about William and some of the incredible things that he's doing, and you'll find out why. So here we go. So Dr. William Attaway is a leadership coach for Catalytic Leadership, LLC, a company he founded to help leaders to intentionally grow and thrive. He has served in the local church ministry for over 25 years and is currently the lead pastor of Southview Community Church, a church in Herndon, Virginia, near Washington, D.C., where he has served since 2004. He holds a Ph.D., in Old Testament with an emphasis in biblical backgrounds and archaeology. And he loves to read and speak about leadership, organizational change, archaeology, and building up people and teams. Team building is where it's at, y'all. His newest book is Catalytic Leadership. It came out in January this year. Originally from Birmingham, Alabama, Dr. William now lives in Northern Virginia with his beautiful wife, Charlotte, and their two daughters. So without further ado, please welcome William Attaway. Genesis, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. My pleasure. And we're going to jump into the connection part of the segment, William. So you've listened to the show, so you know what's next. There are two options. We can either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. Emphasis on rapid. (laughs) oh let's do the rapid fire let's go here we go we're playing rapid fire with dr will and genesis question number one favorite color blue yes question two favorite scripture oh goodness (laughs) wow that was harsh (laughs) um uh, Romans eight thirty one. If God's for us, who can be against us? Yes. Question three. Favorite music genre? Country. Ooh, are you a Tim McGraw fan? I love Tim McGraw. Uh, <laughs> I challenge you to come down to the Houston Rodeo, the livestock show, whenever we have it, because Tim McGraw has performed there several times. Oh, I would love it. <laughs> Question four. If you had a chance to trade places with anyone, would you trade places or remain yourself? Remain myself. Question five. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? Mm. Probably George Washington. You know, certainly not a perfect human being by any stretch of the imagination. But one thing that has always impressed me about him is that when pressed by everyone around him to continue on, he laid down all the power and authority he had after two terms uh, when everybody else wanted him to keep going and be uh, king for life, so to speak. And he said, absolutely not. And he laid it down. And that kind of humility, I think, is so important. I'd love to have a conversation with him about that. Oh, man, there's so many different people. But oh, let me not go down a rabbit hole because it's rabbit. (laughs) Question six. 
If you could have a dream car, dream home, or heck, let's go big and have both. What would you rather? Hmm. Gosh, I guess a dream home. Okay. Seven. Are you a coffee, tea, or neither drinker? Tea. Question eight. What is one piece of advice you wish you could give to your younger self? Be patient. Question nine. Since you have two daughters and you're a girl dad, what's one piece of advice you wish someone would have told you before you embarked upon fatherhood? <laughs> Be patient. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I think that's it. Be patient. Be patient because opportunities for patience arise every day uh, in so many wonderful, wonderful ways. It is our pass or play question. If you pass, our roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? Oh, let's play. Let's do it. Let's go. Okie dokie. The last question. What is one crazy thing that you have done in your life that has built character? Hmm. When I was in high school, I went as a student ambassador from the state of Alabama to what was just becoming the former Soviet Union within a year of the fall of the Soviet Union. And I wow. spent a month there uh, talking with people uh, in homes. And uh, that was that was an incredibly formative experience in my life. Wow, that's impressive and amazing. And I'm sure there's so many different things you could share about that. But William, thank you for playing rapid fire. So audience, that concludes the connection part of the segment. And I hope it gave you a chance to learn a little bit more about William. And now we're going to dive into the main part of the segment. I'm a Southern girl. I like to say meat and potatoes because I love to eat. Um, so William, you have catalytic leadership. I want you to talk about how did you come across the name catalytic leadership because nowadays y'all whenever we hear catalytic we think about all those people that are stealing those catalytic converters but we're talking about <laughs> catalytic leadership so true I I've actually been told that more than once <laughs> that's really good um you know it comes out of my story honestly Genesis I, when I went to college I went as a pharmacy major and I uh thought I had worked in a pharmacy in high school and thought this was a great way to help people and to, to make a difference. And so I went as a pharmacy major, made it through uh, chemistry and inorganic chemistry and got to organic chemistry and decided that this is not really what I want to spend the rest of my life doing. So I, I changed directions. But, but in my brief chemistry studies that first year and a half, I discovered the power of what's called a catalyst. A catalyst is something that you introduce into a mixture to incite or to accelerate significant change or action. And I'd been a student of leadership since I was 15. I attended my first leadership conference when I was 15 years old. And, and when I learned about a catalyst, I thought, you know, every great leader that I've ever learned about or learned from would resonate with that definition. They wanted to be a catalyst. They wanted to be a catalytic leader in their environment, whether it was government or whether it was business or whether it was the local church or whatever environment that they're in, they wanted to make a difference, to make an impact over time. And so that really is where the, the seeds were planted. 
uh, way back then. And, and over time, as I have, have developed as a leader myself, continued in my, my, my life as a student of leadership, and for the last 20 plus years coached leaders, I've really built on that and said, what does it look like to be catalytic? What does it look like to make a difference as a leader? And so that's where, uh, that's where the title comes from. And I love that. I love that the seed was planted whenever you decided to, you know, embark upon, oh, I want to be a pharmacist, but then you change directions and you pivot. And then you learn something from that season that you were Mm -hmm. in. And I think this is going to bring us to where you are now, because not only are you an author, but you're a pastor in a church and et cetera. And all of this um, has leadership in it because even though you're a pastor, you have a certain role as a leader. Even though you're an author, you have a certain role as a leader. And sometimes I feel like individuals, whenever they see leaders, they only see one side of them, where in my opinion, I feel like leadership is multifaceted and multidimensional. And every leader is not going to look the same. So as a man of faith, Whenever you see leader leaders and you hear leadership, what are some core pillars or some core competencies that you personally think about that can be used all across the board? You know, I think John Maxwell's right that leadership at its core is influence. It's nothing more, it's nothing less. If that's true, and I believe it is, then leadership becomes about how we leverage that influence. Am I going to use my influence for my own benefit? Or am I going to use my influence for the benefit of others? And I think that's the model that Jesus laid, you know, when he introduced servant leadership into the world. Before that, nobody had ever encountered that idea. It was a brand new idea with him. And so much has been written and spoken about this in, in the last 2,000 years. It's taken, it's it's experiencing a resurgence in the last couple of decades. Uh, and I think there's a reason for that. We resonate with this idea of somebody taking what's entrusted to them, their power, their influence, their authority, and leveraging it for the benefit of those around them. That's attractive. That's appealing. It's something we lean toward. We lean into that. And so for me, that's the the essence of true leadership. When I'm taking what's been entrusted to me and I'm using it for the benefit of other people around me, those I lead. Am I pouring into and investing in them, helping them to achieve their goals, their dreams, or am I just trying to build my own? That's what makes a great leader. I like that. So audience, I heard influence. I heard servitude. And being a servant leadership also means that you have to humble yourself in order to help other people. And then I also heard that he that William doesn't have the WIFA method, which is what's in it for me, but he has the what's in it for we. How can we all come together collectively? If I can lead over here, then you can lead too. And each one reach one, each one help one, however you say that. And I feel like sometimes leaders, they could get so caught up in the titles and placing themselves on pedestals that they forget to put back Um, human instincts back into humanity and people start to praise them and glorify them when in actuality they're just a human being like the next person but if they never step step aside from the title and if they don't humble themselves or if they don't ask for forgiveness or if they did something that was wrong come up and outward and say I apologize this is where I, I was wrong then can they truly be a catalytic leadership leader that's it That's it. You have to own what's yours to own. 
you have to understand that that you're in that role to help other people, to serve them, to build them up. I talk a lot about building up people and teams, and that starts with the people that you lead, the people that are immediately around you. If you're not building them up, pouring into them, then how can you expect them to do that with the people that they're leading or the people that your organization is serving? Yes. And one thing that, um, because I hear you, uh, William, and I can hear the passion in your voice. One thing that I want to talk about here is um, pastoral staff. Because sometimes whenever you're in ministry, sometimes you could be so caught up in leading the ministry that you forget that you have a ministry within your own home to lead to. Mm, Because how are you a husband? How are you a father? And are you allowing your stuff at home to become stale and stagnant, but then you're up on the pulpit and you're doing everything else to lead a congregation, lead your sheep? and et cetera, but then you have things that are in your personal life that's falling apart. So how can you give wisdom and some encouragement to those who are aspiring to be in leadership, but they're struggling with finding a balance? And that balance comes from personal as well as professional. Yeah, I think I think that's a great question, Genesis. I think we have to understand that we are created as integrated beings. We have this idea that we can compartmentalize our lives. And that what happens over here doesn't touch what happens over here and over here. It's like those plates we eat off of at Thanksgiving. I love those plates with the little dividers because I don't like my food to touch. I'm one of those people. I know what it does down here. I know that. But up here, I want to enjoy each flavor, okay? Those little walls are nice. We think our lives are like that. We think we can wall off parts of our lives and they won't affect all the other parts. And that's a cute myth, uh, but it's just that. The fact is, you are one person. I am one person. And every part affects every other part. So when we experience what you're describing, which is cognitive dissonance between who we're pretending to be publicly and how we actually are privately, yeah, that's not healthy. That's not good. That's not the integrity that should be expected of a catalytic leader. And I talk about this, that you're, you're the, I've spent a lot of time with people at the end of their lives by virtue of what I do. And you know what I've never heard? <laughs> I've never heard anybody at the end of their life say, wow, I wish I had spent more time at the office. And if only I had hit more KPIs. I mean, if I if I'd just gotten that next recognition, that next award, then, then I've never heard anybody say that. You know what I have heard? A whole lot of regrets around relationships. I wish I had spent more time I wish I had invested more in this. I wish I had spent more time with my spouse or with my kids. These are the things I hear. Well, we get to learn from that. We get to benefit from hearing what people, what ditches they drove into. And what I try to do is help, help leaders understand that as much value and emphasis and work you pour into what you do vocationally, at the end of the day, one day somebody else is going to sit in the chair you sit in. One day, somebody else is going to have the title that you have. Their name is going to be on the door. Then what? Then what? You're not going to live 100 years and keep doing what what you're doing. It's not going to happen. Then what? I like that. Then you're going to be left with the relationships closest to you. And if you have sacrificed those on the altar of your business, your work, then you're going to get to the end of your life and you're going to find you have nothing left. Wow. Y'all, I want you to think about what William just said there, because it's so powerful. And I want you to visualize where you are right now in your life and ask yourself, do I have any regrets? 
am I really be, being who I was called to be or am mm. I being what society wants me to be? Yes. And I want you to differentiate the two. And if you're listening or if you're watching this video, pull out a piece of paper and start writing it down and make a T-chart so you could actually visually see who I want to be and who I am being. Mm -hmm. And then look at the two because it could tell us a lot about ourselves because I feel like in today's society, everyone's vying for attention from people. We're seeking validation when in actuality, if we would just stop, pause, reverse, and sit there, then we will realize, okay, is this who I was called to be? Is this the mission that I have? Is this tied to my purpose? Is this fueling me or is this distracting and taking away? And part of that could help you with becoming a catalytic leader, in my opinion. Would you agree with that sentiment, William? Absolutely, Genesis. And so, William, I know you do a lot of incredible work around leadership and helping people personally and professionally and et cetera. Do you have any tools and resources that you go through with the individual that comes to you for the very first time that says, William, I'm stuck. I hit a wall. I know there's more to me, but I just need help pulling it up and out so I could show up holistically how I was created to be. Absolutely. The first place we start is by discovering your wiring. <laughs> and every one of us is wired a little bit different, right? You have different skills, different gifts, different passions, different talents. And all those things put together, that's your wiring. That's how you are wired. And there's this idea that that we have of leaders, that this, this model leader, and it looks like this. And if I'm not like that, then I'm not a real leader yet. Well, guess what? You can be a leader based on your wiring, not on the wiring of somebody else. If you're trying to copy somebody else, which is something we all do at the beginning of our journey, right? We try to copy people that we admire, we try to emulate them in certain ways. But over time, if you're not developing according to your wiring, you're just going to end up being a bad copy of a great leader. So I hope you understand your wiring. I hope you dive into that and understand who you are, how you are created and designed. Then... How are you going to lead from that wiring instead of the wiring of what you think should be? Mm, wow, y'all, that was a gem right there. What is your wiring? I would also say what's rooted in your DNA? Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, if we hold up our hands and look at our hands, y'all don't look at my nails. I haven't had them done in a while. Oh, you look at your hands and each one of us has a unique fingerprint. And it's because each one of us was created for a unique reason, a unique purpose. And there's no other person on the planet that has that. So why don't we start taking accountabilities in ourselves and put aside the art of comparison because the minute you try to compare yourself and step inside of someone else's purpose and being your vision and mission becomes stale and stagnant yeah the comparison game is one that no one ever wins so yes so the comparison game it's very it's very fickle because i feel like social media has put people against each other to like buy for comparison and buy for attention. But I love the fact that you are becoming, not even becoming, you are that person that's busting that because you're teaching people how to be catalytic leaders. Yes. 
So William, I like, I just cannot just thank you enough for just all the work that you're doing, because I feel like so many people are going to gravitate to it and have already gravitated those who have been following your journey, as well as those that are coming behind. So if you could package up a bite-sized gem, what would you want to leave the audience with today before we jump into the CTA? Yeah, I think if there's if there's one thing that is the most important part of being a catalytic leader, one ingredient, it's this, choosing to have a teachable spirit, approaching every day with a learning posture and understanding that you can learn from anybody. Sometimes you learn what not to do. <laughs> that can be incredibly valuable, right? If you approach every situation, every circumstance, every conversation, every relationship, with a teachable spirit, that will take you farther as a catalytic leader than just about anything else will. Yes. And I and that even ties back to scripture too. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. Have a teachable spirit because we learn from people on a daily basis, whether mm -hmm. you're people watching, whether you're learning in school, whether you're yes. learning at work or you're learning in your own business or et cetera. We all have something amazing to learn on a daily basis. And I like to say, if you're not learning, you're not growing. That's and right. I want to grow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going to have to definitely have you back for a part two, um, William. But let's jump into the CTA, which is our call to action part of the segment. What is your call to action for the audience today? So Genesis, I've been coaching leaders for over 20 years inside the church, outside the church, in government, academia, small business owners, C-suite leaders. And both from my own journey and from coaching all these leaders, I've compiled what I think are 12 keys to being a catalytic leader. And I put this into a book that I published earlier this year that you already mentioned called Catalytic Leadership. This is really a summary of what I've learned so far about what it means to be a catalytic leader from all of these leaders and from my own journey. That's amazing. And congratulations on the book. As an author myself, I love to support other authors because your experiences, no one can take that away, but other people can learn from your experiences and they could take what they learn from yours and reinvent the wheel and become better so they can be their own catalytic leader. And I like that you gave 12, um, 12 principles because it kind of reminds me of the 12 disciples. Was that your reasoning for the 12? You know, I wish I could say that it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> As I was capturing this, it just came out that way. And I thought, that's a good number. That's a good biblical number. We're going with that. Well, and now, William, I want you to plug your contact information so the audience can connect with you once they hear or view this recording. So if you go to catalyticleadership.net, you can find out more about me and the coaching that I provide. Uh, and for your listener, Genesis, I would love to put a copy of the book in their hands. Uh, if they go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, uh, they can get a copy of the book for free. Uh, all they have to do is pay the shipping to get the book to them, and we'll get that right out. My goal is to get this into the hands of as many leaders as I can so that they can benefit and avoid some of the ditches that I and other people have driven into. Oh, yes. Yeah. So y'all make sure you go grab a copy of the book. It's free. But all you have to do is pay SNH, shipping and handling. So this is an amazing offer. And William, I want to thank you for offering it to our community. And audience, 
you can learn from William. You can learn from myself. I did 15 years in corporate America, learned a lot, seen a lot. 12 of those years were in oil and gas, which is a good old boys club. And being a woman in a male dominated field, it's hard, but you learn and you grow from it. And I'm here to tell each one of you, learn these 12 principles so you don't have to repeat the same mistakes that other people have made. He's giving you the tools, the playbook, the resources. So why not pick it up, read, dissect it, marinate it, and grow into your catalytic leader that you are? And William, are you on any social media platforms? I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, so you can look for me there. Uh, I'm also on Facebook occasionally, so I'm, I'm on that one as well. Awesome. So audience, I will have all of William's contact information in the show notes. All you have to do is read, scroll on down and tap in with William. And for the community, I want to thank you again for listening to this segment. I hope you found something valuable in it. Make sure you like, comment, share and follow because we are all here together and you're part of the community. It's not just Genesis's show. It's all of us's show because we're learning from each other so we can become better human beings. And my big ask, ASK, is for brand sponsors. If you're interested in having your products and services heard right here, where this show is ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts for the KPIs on www.listennotes.com, send me an email at gemswithgenesisamariskemp at gmail.com. It's easy to remember because it's the name of the show at gmail.com. Thank you again, Dr. William. And once again, y'all, I can't thank Dr. William enough because he has really provided us a whole entree in this short segment. Thank you so much for having me, Genesis. It's really been an honor to be here. Bye, y'all. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.